Welcome to Wine, Spirits, and, and witches. witches. This is Monica. And this is Shauna, and we're your high priestess for this evening. And we're coming at you. It is November 1st as we're recording. Wow. Dia de los Muertos. So yes, it is the Day of the Dead. It sure is. Yes, indeed. And how many people are witness- experiencing um, Halloween, Samhain, hangovers, both from partying too much and, and too much ritual? Yeah. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm pretty okay. Yeah. We had we had fun last night. Yeah, I think. that was yeah. fun. That was fun. We had a little sure. little girls' mm. night at our friend's house. A little Ouija board session. And you know what? It was so great because uh, two of my friends came and they listened to the podcast, so they like they kind of know you. You know, they know how you are, and it was just really funny because you're just being so nice and happy. Like you know, we're playing with the Ouija board, and then when the ghosts like weren't talking fast enough, like your high priestess came through, <laughs> yeah. and you were like, "Speak, speak now." Yeah, and it was just so commanding. You were like, "I'm not fucking around." Yeah, Even like, really. the spirits like listen. They're like, "Oh." fuck i'm sorry hey i'm here yeah yeah. And they started I, just, I don't have stuff. time for that shit you know <laughs> i just don't have time for it like get get to the point yeah they're dead so like time doesn't matter to them but it I still know. matters to us right? yeah like i don't want to sit there and go in circles for fucking an hour come on just go to a letter to <laughs> say no yes goodbye fuck you say something but just don't go in circles all right that's all that was just really good because monica just like switched she was like speak yeah and the ghost was like fuck okay i'm sorry <laughs> so i actually need to to message my friends that were with us because we have this one spirit that was very persistent they were spelling everything wrong right bob but he was trying so hard to get something through and he like stuck with it something about a hat yeah something about a hat so maybe their mom knew something yeah because it was turned out to be like their mom's patient i need to send them a message yeah just to see yeah yeah because i'm so i really i hope that there's something weird about a hat because that would just be one of those kick-ass moments right yeah absolutely yeah I, yeah, so I hope. We shall see. I'll report back when I talk to them. Okay. So what you drinking? What you think? Bailey's? Of course. Out of a boot. You know, we talk a lot about how White Claw should sponsor us, and I still think White Claw should sponsor us, but I feel like Bailey's should right? really be sponsoring us, too. Absolutely. I mm-hmm. think so, too. Yeah. yeah. I think we're going to have to work on that. Yeah. I need everybody listening to this. If you started drinking White Claw or Bailey's after listening to the show, you need to post up a picture and hashtag it. We're going to just like we're we're going to show White Claw and Bailey's how how much yeah how much how much we're we, worth we're right? worth how much we drink their product way right. way too much and how they should sponsor us. <laughs> yes. Indeed. But I'm actually not drinking White Claw tonight. You're not. You're actually drinking wine. Yeah, because it's wine, spirits, and witches. I'm bringing the fucking wine back. Okay. Um, it's this really cool brand. I've had other wines from them before. They're called Prophecy, and they kind of blew up, and they're everywhere now. So it's really cool because you can get them at like Bevmo or the grocery store. And this is their cab. And the cool thing about it is that each different type of wine has their own like label art and they're each a tarot card yeah that's what i thought yeah and so it's called prophecy and like the top like with a little foil on the cork was even an eye oh wow Um, that's cool this looks to me like it is the emperor yeah it's the emperor so it's even cool because it even says on the back of the label too oh wow that's yeah like what card is so i've had the Wheel of Fortune, the High Priestess. Um, I honestly kind of want to start collecting them. Because they're pretty. They're pretty they are. Yeah. I hope that they find a way to come up with a new wine for each of the major Arcana cards. Wouldn't I think that would be really cool. And the art's really pretty. I like it. Yeah, it's good. It's a very good art. Yeah, yeah. so the wine. Is it good or not? Mm-hmm. It is good. This what one. What notes are you striking? You know what? I'm so not good with that. It's the cab notes. Like, 
um, one of my friends said that she likes cows, but it always like leaves this like really like thick flavor on your tongue that you feel like you could scrape off. And she's not wrong, but it's not just this wine. They're all like that, but this is still like my favorite type of wine. Cabs. Yeah, because so, it's kind of dry, but this one's a little a little sweet. It's supposed to have blackberry, plum, vanilla, and a little bit of oak in it. I can taste the plum in that. Hmm. I can totally taste the plum. I guess maybe the vanilla is what maybe evens it out a little bit, mm. or else it might have a little bit more of like an acidic That's bite. That's so interesting. I just like the way that they put a different kind of essences in wines. I want to figure out what this oaky flavor is that people talk about, because yeah. I, I, obviously I've tasted it a bunch, but I can't identify it. Mm. So I would like to know a little bit more about that. Yeah. I, she well, wants to make wine like, uh, like David and uh, Moira. Oh my Mixed god. Wine. <laughs> I, I guess you've never seen Schitt's Creek? No. You are missing out. That show is hilarious. Is it really? Yes. And they, there's like a kind of a reoccurring joke. It makes a comeback in like the first season and then in the last, is, there's like this winery that just like has the worst wine. Oh, wow. And they're trying to like make a good blend, and like two of the main characters, and they just get shit-faced trying to. So they made the perfect blend, but then they were too drunk and they lost track of which <laughs> wine glass it was. They don't remember what it was. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's us when we have our own label. Now, you know, now, after you have wine for a while, when I moved here from from Jersey and we moved into our first house, there was a bunch of wine in the house. And, we, and Dennis was like, woohoo, you know? And then when we opened it up, it was actually turned to vinegar. Yeah, it does that. It does that? You yeah. can It, it, it can be it, aged for so many years. It's, that must have been super fucking old. Wow. Super wow. old or it wasn't kept in good conditions because I think, like, the heat and light. Yeah, depends. where was it? It was like in a cabinet somewhere. In the kitchen? Yeah. And it must have gotten hot in there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Because, I mean, usually they're in cellars because it's cool and, yeah, and dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's how, it's, that's how it keeps from turning into big I vinegar. See, but it was like vinegar, so yeah. Oh. That's <laughs> a bummer. Yeah. So before we get into our episode for tonight, I do have some announcements. Okay. I feel like I always have announcements now. It's almost annoying, but it's kind of a cool thing. Okay. Right? Getting yeah, busy. I think so. So our first announcement is that on November 21st, um, 12 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, just because I realize there's people all over the world listening to this, uh, Monica and I are going to be participating in our very first virtual pop-up market. And this is hosted by some of my really wonderful friends. And the market's called Shadows Market, and it's a sit-in shop, so it's actually going to be on Facebook. And you will have a chance to be able to book discounted readings with me and Monica. Um, there's going to be a lot of really cool artists selling like witchy and handmade goods, candles. I'm going to be selling my bass. I think there's going to be jewelry, like all sorts of really just rad stuff. And there's going to be other practitioners. So it'll be a really cool place to get like a witchy psychic sampler of sorts and do some Christmas shopping or holiday shopping and support small business. But... We are also going to be hosting a ritual through that. Uh -huh. So we're going to be doing an abundance ritual because everybody needs money, especially with the holidays coming. We are all prone to overspend around this time. So while we're encouraging everyone to maybe overspend a little bit shopping with all of the cool vendors there, we're also going to be doing a free ritual that everyone can attend virtually through this um, to help make all that money right back. There you go. So we'll have more information about that if you go onto our Facebook page and join the group, or if you go on Instagram, as we have more info, such as the time that the ritual is taking place and things like that, we will be posting it up there. But I'm very excited for that. That's very cool. It's going to be good. Right? 
And we do have one more exciting bit of news. Okay. There is this wonderful girl named Kate, and she is on Instagram under Sybil Apothecary, S-I-B-Y-L, and she makes hand-poured candles, and they all have really cool, like, witchy names and stuff, and she will list the scents under them on Instagram because she puts up these fab pictures, and they all sound like they smell so good, and so... I commented under that without knowing that you've actually done readings for her before. Wow. Right? Wow. Small world. Yeah. And so she actually sent us a candle. Oh, that's amazing. And so I brought it. We're going to unbox it and we're going to smell it. And this is from Sybil Apothecary. And again, I'm all for like supporting small business and supporting our witch family. Exactly. You got to like witches have to take care of their own. And not only that, but she actually donates $1 from every candle to a wildlife sanctuary. It's the Durrell Wildlife Conservation Trust. Um, and it works through field programs, training and research to save the species from extinction. And I think it's for gorillas. And I think that's just like really amazing. So not only are you shopping small, not only would you be getting a really yummy smelling candle, but you're also doing some good for the planet. Yeah, so, absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful looking. Right. It's really pretty. It has this gorgeous age looking label. And this one is called 1692. Oh, that smells really good. <sighs> Mm, that's divine. It's right. divine. Sage, lavender, orange, oak, moss, and amber. No wonder I like it. Yeah, that's that amazing. oak moss. Right? That smells really mm, good. That's divine. I'm going to have to put We're going to have to burn up. it with all of us around. Yes. Because <laughs> right? it's, it's so good. So Way ahead of you. Oh, oh there we go. We're going to burn it right now. Here there we, we go. go. This is going to be amazing. Very good. Beautiful. And we know that Ricky is a bit of a scented candle. I don't know the audience knows. Yeah, so the audience might not know that. You know, um, Ricky has a cabinet in our house full of scented candles. Mm -hmm. It is overflowing. And the rule is, is that he has to use all of his candles before he can get more. Before the next season. Right. But that never happens because he always manages to find a way to slip one in the into the cart, and he gets really excited every time he gets to pull out a new candle. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I don't allow scented candles in the house during the summer because it is just too, too damn hot. hot. Yeah. So now that it's going, you best believe that there's like one or there's three candles on our coffee table this morning. Nice. Yes. So I, I do that. I do. I burn all different colors, kind of scents all at once too. It makes for a nice smell. Well, Ricky is also, like, a little bit of a scent snob, so, like, I've tried to pick out candles, and he's like, oh, that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. So, Kate, thank you. This candle you is so amazing. Much. And thank you for the wonderful note that you gave me. And thank you for helping the environment and yes. donating to all of these wonderful causes for these beautiful animals. That's great. That's great. So now that all of our banter and our announcements is out of the way... We have an Ask a Striker for you guys. Yes. So for those of you that might just be listening for the first time or haven't caught an Ask a Striker, you guys can send us in stories, questions, all sorts of stuff to winespiritsandwitches at gmail.com and we will share your stories online, answer your questions, and start discussion topics, so to speak. Right. So should I... Should I start or do sure, you Sure, you could start. All right. This one is coming from Justin C. And it says, Hi, ladies. I started listening to your podcast and I love it. I'm a baby witch and have been doing tarot for a year, but started to get deeper into my practice and studies within the last four months. I do have a question if you don't mind giving some advice. I was born into a highly religious family, Jehovah's Witness, and was in it for 24 years. Luckily, I got out... 
Luckily, I got out of it and have been free for six years now, but I've had a lot of repercussions. Even though I have no contact with my family and they wish to not speak to me since I left, they're still lingering in my life by having people stalk me or contact me, etc. I was wondering if you have any advice on any healing spells, cutting ties that may be helpful with this situation. I've been trying to move on, but they are still evil and that's lingering around me. Mm. That's some deep, heavy stuff, man. Yeah, that sucks. First off, let me just say that I'm really sorry that you have to go through that because, you know, families, you know, everyone's family is tough and that's just, there's no way around that. Everyone's got their issues. We're, we're all human. But I would just hope that we can kind of look past each other's differences and love each other and support each other and not, not push our opinions so deeply with things like this and let people kind of have, as long as you're not hurting anyone, let who cares? Let people be who they're yeah. supposed to be. Period. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a tough one. And you know what? Um, when people are just so, so involved in their religious, in their religion, they're just so focused on it and nothing else makes sense to them or they don't, won't allow anything else to make sense to them. Right. So this could be, this could, looks like it could go on for a long time, but I mean, God, I mean, what do you do in a case like this? I guess you just like, remember, you know, you forgive, but you don't forget. And I think part of it's also like, because... Justin talks here about feeling like like having people stalk them, contact yeah, them. Yeah, like that's that's not cool. But like they're lingering, like he's moved on, but they're they're lingering. Right. So I would say freezer spells are good. Also, lots of like warding your house mm. would be another one. Just like any kind of like property protection and stuff like that, just to kind of at least protect your space so that when you're home, you don't have to be bothered by this. I feel like that would be a good way to do it. Get a gargoyle, put it by your door. Mm-hmm. That would be a great protector. By, by your door. I would also say maybe put them on ice. Yeah, the put freezer. them on ice. And if you don't know how to do that, you just get a piece of brown paper bag and get some red red ink pen and just write their names on it, fold that paper, put it in a bottom of a plastic container, clear p- plastic container, fill it with water, and put it in the freezer. And what that does, it simply means stop, cease, freeze. And hopefully mm-hmm. that will be helpful to you. Exactly. And I think I think that's the way that I would do it. Um, in our Shadow Fest episode, I gave a cord cutting spell. Mm-hmm. And while it's said to do that on Shadow Fest or Samhain, really that cord cutting can be done any time of the year that's needed. Um, that particular one had to do with like ancestral assistance for it too and i don't know how you feel about that because you're trying to break away from your family but you know what there's a rebel in every generation yes so you gotta just as you're doing it if you don't know who your like family rebel was from way back when like their spirit will find you which is also kind of nice because hopefully in that sense you won't feel so alone on your own path because you'll know that there is somebody else in your bloodline that was the rebellious one at one point that sees you and is like hey man good job yeah i'm with you i'm with you um, yeah, and you know what? You might just want to, like, maybe if you feel so compelled, you know, it is holiday season coming in, just maybe drop them a note and tell them that, you know, I'm sorry that you you, you feel like this, but, but I love you, and but I'm going to do my own thing, and I respect you, and I would hope that you respect me back. Happy holidays, and blessed be, <laughs> you know? So you might want to do that just so you don't feel the guilt, you know, if you're feeling guilty at all, but, you know, just tell them that, you know, you love them, but you're going to do your own thing, and you respect their path and you hoping someday that they will respect yours. That's a very mature and elevated way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Justin's family is mature enough for him to feel well, comfortable at least doing he's, that. But at least he did something about it. That's you know true. what I'm saying? You know, he did, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he did it 
he reached out, he did everything he could, and now the ball's in their court. That's true. Speaking from my own experience, just to kind of give a little bit of a different um, take on that, Justin, I actually don't speak to my family either. And first of all, let me tell you that I have my chosen family and I've built a wonderful family out of people that I've met and I love. And who said that family needs to be blood? Because that's totally not true. Now, with that said, it looks like you've really had a tough time with some things like growing up and trying to find your independence and your family just really hasn't let that happen. If you do feel like you're struggling or you feel guilt or something like that and you feel comfortable with taking Monica's advice without fearing the backlash, go for it. That might be like the perfect thing to do. So again, you could say that you tried. It's but, like a release. It's like a yeah. release. Uh-huh. But like I don't have that luxury with my family. It wouldn't come out that way. So I, around the holidays, kind of like I feel like my energy gets a little spiky because I want to make sure I don't come into contact with them. Um, and every, like I said, everyone's got their own family stuff. So if you have to, if you don't feel comfortable with that, I just want you to know that you're not alone because again, family goes beyond blood. So you still do have that. Mm-hmm. That's right. So good luck to you on that one. Yes. Now, we have one. This is a story, and this actually, like, I read through it, and it cracked me up. Okay. Okay? So it says, Mary Meat, I love you all so much. I recently found your podcast, and I've been listening back to, backwards. I have a funny but oh-my-God story for you. So I attempted the love spell you all suggested back last December. Without saying any name, I carved, ready to find my soulmate, ready to find true love. Now that I have found so much love for myself and in my life, I felt ready. Literally five minutes after I lit the candle, my ex calls me. So we didn't end on great terms. We weren't ready to, he wasn't ready to let go of his past. So I had to leave him time to figure out what he wants. I can't explain it, but I have felt his emotions from miles away. I can feel him so much. Like I know when his emotions are heightened and I knew he was still holding on to his past, even though he assured me he wasn't. So... I discovered who my soulmate was, and I was thinking, what? No, I did this wrong if he's calling. (laughs) But it all makes all the sense in the world. Whether or not we end up together, I'm content knowing my soul found its partner in this lifetime from Ariana. Oh, that's sweet. I think that's really cool, and that's also a really good way to look at it because, you know, there's a lot of talk about twin flames and soulmates and all this stuff. And here's the thing is that you can find that but that doesn't necessarily mean that you guys end up in that happily ever after in this lifetime. Like, it's true. It's just kind of like a little bit more of a karmic thing. So it feels to me like you figured that out. Mm-hmm. So sure good does. for you. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yes. So I'm going to let you read the next one. Okay. Hello, Shauna and Monica. I recently discovered the podcast and I've been trying to catch up. I love it. Great energy and personality. I just got to the Magic of Animal podcast, and I just want to know if there's a way to figure out why I love Walt so much. They're, like They seem to be everywhere around her, in movies and in various things. I have a wolf statue that I kept forever, and I love it. I love wolves. I love their howl, but I am not sure if it's my fascination or something more. Hope to hear from you soon, Angie. Well, you know, Angie, from my past experience with animal spirit totems, it certainly sounds like the wolf is your animal spirit totem. And there is a path working that you can do, and maybe someday soon we'll do that on air to figure out who who everyone's uh, animal spirit totem is. But, you know, I found with myself when I was discovering my animal spirit totem, I just wanted to be in that realm with with that animal. I just, um, you know, pictures and, and the fur, even though I would never kill an animal like that but I was I would put that lynx coat on and I felt like oh so so 
good. I can even describe. Did you guys used to like go to Macy's? Yeah, and we used just to go to, to try Macy's. Them on? Yeah, my friend would try on the Fox. I would try on the Lynx, and I'd look ridiculous because it was such a big fur, my little head. But I didn't care. <laughs> it felt really, really, really good, you know. So um, later on, of course, I did, did discover we did a path working to find out who my animal spirit was, and that was confirmed by the author Ted Andrews at the time. So I'm assuming, and I am almost positive that the wolf is your animal spirit totem. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and you can confirm that when we do our, I'll do a path working pretty soon in the next couple of months on that. And, and you will probably be very, very happy with the outcome. But yeah, I believe because when they just keep on popping up and you love them so much and you're so endeared to them, it's usually a totem. That's just the way it is. Um, yeah. Like, I remember when I found my totem, it was actually when I was taking your divination series. Oh, wow. And I remember, like, one night you you were scrying something in the class, and you're like, oh, you have foxes, like, all over your... I think we were doing, like, candle wax that night, maybe? Are you sure it was in the picture? The, 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 the scrying, the magical... I don't remember what it was, because it was so long ago, but there was something, and, like, it was, like, actually before class started. Oh, wow. And you were, like, scrying, like, something, and, like... Anyways, like I showed you something, you're like, there's fox all over. I'm like, funny that you mentioned that because I'd, I'd been seeing foxes all over TV. Everywhere I turned, there was like some picture of them, this and that. And you're like, well, it could be your totem. It could also mean that you have to like cut your hair off and dye it red. Right, right. right? That's true. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And I just dyed my hair red. That's crazy. I just dyed my hair red. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I'm like, I wonder what it is. I wonder if I found my spirit animal. And that night, I was actually going to some place to go see my, my friend's band perform, and I didn't really know where I was going yet, so then he sent me the address. Still didn't know the name of the place, but I put the address in, and I showed up. It was called The Fox and the Hound. Oh, my God. And there was fox statues everywhere. Wow. Yeah, so. That wasn't your answer. I don't know what was. Right? And then I actually got to see a fox recently in Big Bear, but that was Ooh, really cool. That is really cool. Yeah, that and I, really so I cool. have actually seen them in the wild a couple times from even from when i was a little wow, kid so it's wow. yeah so but when you just when you love them that much and there's just like this magnetism to it and they pop up everywhere oh shit shit sorry my little doggy i must have touched something i'm so sorry he agrees that the wolf is, yes. is her spirit animal yeah <laughs> That's and you know what, what? the wolf is a guardian and a protector and it does teach you lessons as you're walking your walk in life and sometimes the lessons are gentle and sometimes they're not but it's always from a place of love. So you might be learning some lessons and just know it's it's just from a place of love. And we had talked a lot about Ted Andrews and his wonderful books, and he has two. It's Animal Speak and Animal Wise. Correct, and that's my, my animal Bibles that mm -hmm. I use. Mm -hmm. Those are really wonderful, and I would definitely invest in those because they're so informative. There's another one by Dr. Stephen Farmer. I think that's his name, mm -hmm. but it's like the Pockets spirit animal totem book yeah, yes animal guide animal guide i will have to figure it out i think we posted it up before on the instagram like way when we first started it um but it's like the pocket spirit animal guide Ricky, can you look that up for us what am i looking pocket at pocket spirit animal guide now i know ted has one too oh that's cool i did not know that yeah ted has one too so i like having like the quick one for reference like yes. that it's also kind of fun to use this divination of what like you know you just yeah, like what, flip through through the pages like right. what energy do i need to what animal do i need to what lesson with? do i need yeah. today yes so that's absolutely. kind of fun but yeah i would definitely look at those books and i would i would try and learn a little bit more about the wolves in absolutely. that sense yes and see if there's a wolf sanctuary near, near you oh yeah absolutely i don't know where you live but in california here we have a wonderful one called wolf mountain sanctuary and i've been there many many times and it's amazing that you get to commune with the wolves. I mean, I have a picture. I have to send you that picture of me, of the wolf kissing me. 
Yes, that's yeah, super we, cute. Let's post that Let's one. post that. Yeah, because that's a really cool thing. Yeah. So the book is called Pocket Guide to Spirit Animals, Understanding Messages from Your Animal Spirit Guides by Dr. Stephen Farmer. Okay. So I had at least the author right. Messed up the rest of it, but I got the author yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that's a really good one. It's just like, it's not as in-depth as Ted Andrews, but I think it's a really good one just to kind just of have. Yeah, like just for a quick, quick, yeah, quick yeah. and dirty. Absolutely. So... Our next question, it's a it's a two-part. It's a two-part question and, and a story. Okay. Okay. So this is coming from our darling girl, Kay. Okay. And it says, hey, Strega babes, absolutely adore the podcast. I am a newbie witch from Canada, still nestled in my broom closet, but eating up as much witchy things as I can, and your podcast is one of them. Um, so she has a couple questions, and she has a story. So what I'm going to start with, actually, is the story. Okay. And then we'll get into the questions. Sure. Okay, so the story behind her cross pendant, and that will come in come in in a second. Okay. Okay. The story behind my cross pendant. During my childhood, I attended church regularly with my family. My mother played organ, and we were often asked to help set up and set down after masses most Sundays. I've always been spiritual, talking to God, sensing energies, and even seeing things like auras and floating lights and spirits as far back as I can remember. I felt very strongly connected to God and to spirits, but I hated the idea of church. I didn't like that I wasn't allowed to talk to God when I wanted to or to be able to pray in my own way. I didn't like that some of the ideals of the church, what some of the ideals the church stood for and how awful some of the members treated others. But it was important to my mom that we go and get confirmed. For those of you who may not know, it's like a second baptism where the child takes over the responsibility of following God from their parents and promises to live a good and righteous life under God. For my confirmation, my mother gifted me a beautiful gold cross pendant before the ceremony. This was the re first real piece of jewelry my mother ever gave me, and it's very precious to me. I also think it was a very important moment for her. She put a lot of thought into the gift, and my mother is not normally a sentimental person in this way. It made, it, that made it very special to me, and even if my confirmation itself had conflicting emotions for me, I regularly wore it after that. However, only a month or so after receiving it, I was coming home from a swimming lesson and went to put my necklace back on, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, we wow. looked in every pocket, every bag, all over the car. We called the community pool three times to have them check the locker and lost and found. It was gone for good, and I was devastated. We never saw it again. Four years later, I was packing the car to leave for college. Due to some unforeseen circumstances, we found out last minute that my class start date had been moved up a week earlier, and I had less than 24 hours to pack and move all of my stuff two hours away to a new city. I was terrified about moving and leaving my family for the first time. I had never been on my own before and had never lived in a city, so it was coupled with very suddenly losing my last week with my family and the stress of packing and moving within 24 hours was unbearable. As we pulled the seats down to fit my dresser into the back of the car, a sudden golden gleam caught my eye. Bandits, bandits, bandits chiming having, in. He's having a little reverse cough here. Sorry, guys. Monica's dogs just like to narrate part of the show. It's, I get it. It's okay. So, as we pulled the seats down to fit into the, dr the dresser into the back of my car, a sudden golden gleam caught my eye, and lo and behold, there was my lost necklace staring oh, awesome. back at me from underneath the seat. It was a shock to see, and as I have been sure it was gone forever... Seeing it, I just knew immediately that it was a sign that I was going to be okay. 
and that the pro- that protection and strength was coming with me. At the time, I truly needed it most. It felt as though the universe had brought it back to me, a part of my family to carry with me into adulthood. It was a very powerful moment for me. Since that day, I have kept the necklace either hanging by my vanity or tucked in my jewelry box. I still feel a strong connection with it, and though I don't wear it often, even just touching it or holding makes me feel instantly safe and protected that day. Wow, okay, that's actually a really cool story. It really does feel like the universe, like, brought that back right at the moment that you needed it. Like, you needed that comfort and that, like, mom energy and nurturing for, like, the unexpected, like, jump start to the next part of your life. Right, right. So, that story is going to come in into play in one second. But first, we're going to answer her first question, because I feel like this one's going to be a little bit easier and faster to answer, okay? okay? So, question number one. How do you know which gods or goddesses we are working with? I am starting to dabble in ritual, but I am still exploring what kind of witch I want to be. During ritual, is it okay if I just refer to the god and goddess generally for now instead of individuals? What kind of signs do you look out for which gods and goddesses want to work with you? First of all, it is totally okay to just generalize the term god and goddess. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, I did it for a really long time because I knew... Right off the bat that, like, a couple of, like, the more, like, male deity gods that I worked with. But I didn't know who, like, the goddesses were. And you know what? I didn't learn that up until, like, maybe three years ago. And it was really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah, because it happens. They'll come in when they come in. But until, like, I came up with that, I was just, I called just goddess. Right. And so you can totally do that. And that's absolutely fine. Um how do you know like what gods to work with and stuff like that the first thing i always say is start exploring all of them explore different pantheons different traditions and the easiest way to start to kind of get familiar with them is learning the mythology yes. that goes with them right and exactly. you'll kind of find like some of you are just gonna be like meh and you don't really care about it. and then you can kind of move past that and you'll have the education about them a little bit and who knows maybe they'll pop up later in life for you but some are going to catch your eye, and you're going to like their stories a little bit more, and that's when you start to research them and the things that are sacred to them and things like that. They may also come to you in a dream. I've heard that many, many, many times, that they come to you in a dream, they appear in dreams, um, or they just mm-hmm. make themselves known right? For, you know, by, their, by what, what attributes they have around them, you know, what's sacred to them, and, and that'll start showing up. But you know what? Don't worry about it right now. I feel like it's going to happen when the right time is. So just like explore, do do study the mythology, do be pay attention to the little nudges you're getting, and I'm sure you'll find your your pantheon very soon. Well, it's kind of like how we were talking earlier about the animal totems and how the animals just going to kind of pop up everywhere. That may not happen all the time, but that's how I found my goddess. Is she just started kind of popping up everywhere? Exactly. And I just noticed it one day. I'm finally, I'm like, you're popping up a lot more than usual. So I started looking her up and so much started to make sense to her sacred colors, to her symbols, even down to the fact that there's actually really big, um, like coming of age rituals and rites that were done back in the day for her. And I discovered her at the time of my dedication when it was like my witchy coming of age. So there's just so many synchronicities that I was like, okay, I can't ignore this. Like this makes sense. And then I started to study her and I I embraced it. There you go. Yeah. That's the way to fly. So let's move on to question number two from Kay. This one's going to be a little bit more of a complicated answer, I think. So 
I have a few items from my younger years and heirlooms that I have kept before starting to embrace my witchy side that I believe have really strong properties and connection for me. One of them is a cross my mother gave me. That's the story we just read. But I don't tend to wear it because I don't necessarily feel connected to Christianity or the church itself. And I know that people will ask about it because it would seem strange for me to, as a person to be seen wearing a cross. Now, as I embrace my witchy side, I'm even more conflicted because I know some witchy folk that would not approve of it slash judge me for wearing a cross while identifying as a pagan. I know paganism is a broad term and for the most part widely accepting, but I was curious as to your opinion would be on these items that may have conflicting symbolism can we still use and embrace these objects even though they may have symbols and connections up to something that we don't specifically identify with especially if these are heirlooms or hold deeper personal meaning and i feel like this is a little bit of a complicated answer because first off the answer is yeah dude wear what you want this is it this is something that has a very special meaning to you it's an heirloom it connects you essentially to your ancestors your bloodline and your your mom your familial home so that's absolutely going to be something that has a it's a power object for you it's going to hold things for nurturing for peace and protection and that's going to be really important it is a little different because it's a cross so that does have conflicting symbolism but let's just address one thing real quick First of all, I know plenty of Christian witches. I know Catholic witches. I know a lot of Catholic witches. I know Jewish witches. You know, so there's really, like, no one to say that you can't be both. Um, I feel like a lot of people are trying to say that. But here's the thing. Your craft, your business, first of all. And witchcraft isn't necessarily a religion so much as it's a practice. Now, are there branches of witchcraft that is religious? Absolutely. It's going to be weird for you to wear a cross and claim to be Wicca or Strega. But even then, not necessarily because while it's not incredibly common, I've seen witches wear crosses and I've never even asked them what it's for because it's not my damn business. Mm -hmm. And if you feel so, like, like if it bothers you that much, I would just, like, wear it under my shirt. I mean, no one has to see it as long as it's next to your heart. That's all that matters. I mean, seriously, if you're going on a witchy into a ritual or something like that, you want to wear your pentacle outside, go wear your cross on the inside. I don't see why there's a problem with that. Yeah, why not? So I would would do that. And then, and here's the thing is like, maybe like, you know, so you don't dig the church. That's fine because I know a lot of like, my grandmother was like super Catholic. She prayed every night and had, like, a prayer list of people that she would pray for, but she hated the church. Mm-hmm. You know, so really, again, like, no matter what your religion is, at least to me, you have to practice your faith your way. And this goes the same for witchcraft, and everyone's going to have their own opinions. And one of the things when I started really studying it, I took my Wicca 101, was that I loved how it was very eclectic, and really there's no wrong answer to it. Plenty of people will say that you have the wrong answer because their answer is right. But isn't that just the way it goes with everything? Yeah, right. You know? Exactly. Like, Monica doesn't like zucchini, and she's obviously wrong for that. Yes, but I like zucchini bread. That doesn't count. (laughs) That doesn't count. But either way, zucchini is amazing. You're wrong. But that's (laughs) the same thing. It's just, it's, everyone has their own flavor. Right, exactly. Yes, so. I wouldn't worry about that. And as you get more comfortable with your witchy poonus and you get more confident with where your path is, I think you're going to find that it's going to be a lot easier for you to wear that cross with confidence and not worry about what other people yeah, say. But yeah. do that on your own time and at your own pace. Right. Yes, I agree. Awesome. 
So that's our Ask Estrega for tonight. I think it was a really good one. It don't really you think? was. You guys send in really awesome yeah. questions and stories. Yeah. I love it. I have a request for stories. Um, I know we talked about like go like ghost experiences, and everyone like sent in really cool stuff. And so this is kind of on the same thing, but like since Halloween just passed, how many of you guys have lived in haunted houses or supposed haunted houses? And for those of you that have or have heard stories that your house is haunted, like what have you witnessed? What is a tale? I'd like to know to know a little bit more about those kind of experiences. You know, I lived in one, right? We did too. Yeah, we did. But hers was fucking crazy. Mine was crazy. Mine was very crazy. I think she was just doing a little bit too much acid. Yeah. So that's honestly I what I no, think. It was not that. But yeah, so when that podcast comes up, I will share my story as well. Okay, that so, sounds good. Just for the ghost story thing, um, my, 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 um, the house that I grew up in mm -hmm. uh, before my mom owned it was owned by my godmother, but before her uh, was owned by some... I don't know, some family, Lando. but, uh, the grandfather like died in the room that I, that I fucking slept in, uh, you growing your up. your brother's room? Yeah. Okay. But, uh, we never felt anything there, but like, Did like. Did you guys have like a spooky hallway though? The hallway was creepy as fuck. When, when the lights were off in, in our bedrooms and the hallway light wasn't on, it was creepy. Like, like something was there, but we never saw anything. But there probably was something there. And Maybe. Just yeah. felt it. Yeah. Maybe. Hallways are an in-between space. That's, That's where they like right. to hang out. That's yeah. right. That's right. I think we all have haunted house stories. We're going to just do like just a haunted house. When everyone send us your haunted house stories, like we're going to we're gonna get this going. One more shout out to Sybil Apothecary because we have been burning this candle. And it is amazing. It's and amazing. And to our scented candle slut, can you give your feedback it's, on this? It's amazing. Mm -hmm. it's, really it's pasta perfect. Pasta perfect, Ooh, dang. Oh, wow, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So my shout out is to Sybil Apothecary because this and is I lovely. And I too because it was wonderful. Thank you very yes. much. Kate, you are amazing. You have a wonderful talent at blending oils and pouring candles. Keep it up. Yes, thank you so much. And on that note, marry me. Marry part. And, and marry, marry meet again. <laughs>